Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. How are you, Amanda? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. I'm a little bit warm. I've been sweltering along with the rest of Sydney recently. Uh, might have something to do with the fact that I've recently returned from a colder part of the world. I was in Texas for a little while, if you can believe it. And it's been hot here. Mm, it's actually been hot, um, but then we've had a few cool days actually where the, the days have been a bit warm, but the nights and morning have been quite cool. So I think today is probably the first hot day we've had from the beginning. So yeah, I love the hot weather. It's actually quite nice. It reminds you it's still summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And time passes so fast. We're mm. um, yeah already well into the year. And how's business going? Busy, busy? Yeah, it's just been very busy coming back and catching up on emails and invoices and all the pleasurable things that we have to deal with. But yes. it's all been good, actually. It hasn't been, um, yeah, it's been manageable, actually, which has been quite a nice way to start the year. Yeah, I find there's a lot of things that you sort of, at the end of December, you're about to go on holidays, you you shift it in the calendar over to January and think, I'll, I'll do that in the first couple of weeks of January. And then you have yeah. a look at your calendar and realise how many things you've yeah. promised to do in the first week of January and it all um, yeah. builds up, doesn't it? Yeah, plus whatever's come in since you made the plans mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it in January. So it yeah. all accumulates. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get stuck into our challenges and our wins for this week, as we like to do in these episodes. What's been your challenge for this week? Um, this is quite a strange one for me. Um, I suppose now that I've got my own business, I'm sort of being more involved in the day-to-day stuff that I wasn't previously involved, such as strata searches. And I had someone that came in, um, did a search, And that search, Amanda, was done on behalf of the owner. So she wanted to sell her apartment Mm -hmm. and she decided that she would pay for a strata search and give that to any prospective purchaser, Mm. which I thought was a bit strange, but anyway. And during that time when the search was being done, you know, all the information was provided to her and um, to the strata searcher and, and then maybe a month passed by and I had a telephone call from a prospective purchaser and she was actually located overseas, so we, were, we sort of kept on missing each other with time zone differences. And eventually um, she sent me an email, I responded, and we actually spoke. And she had already exchanged contracts and was past that cooling off period, so therefore mm-hmm. she was stuck with the contract. But I think that was when she sort of realised there were going to be some special levies mm-hmm. and there was a fire order on the building. So she sent me a copy of the search and said to me, and sort of tried to verbal me by saying that you said when you spoke to me that blah, 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 and the levies are going up. And I said, no, no, I just said here's a fire order. And she asked me why the levies were high. I said there was a fire order in the building, which was in the search anyway. It wasn't actually um, any surprise. And then also in the search, she noted that the admin fund was high. And I just said, well, you know, the admin fund is what it is. And also minutes that the committee had held had discussed and alluded to the fact that the levies had to go up because there'd been a deficit mm. in the year before and also that the Ants Corporation had to budget for some of the fire order, well, all the fire order works, even though the, the order had been outstanding for a number of years and nothing had been, much had been done, 
the council had provided a one-year extension to finalise everything, which meant that all the works that could have been staged had to have then been brought forward and completed in, in 12 months and also budgeted for 12 months. So I was just surprised. I mean, I think as agents we get caught up in um, prospective purchases trying to get managers to actually give advice mm. beyond what's actually in a search. And then she asked me, well, what about after the 12 months, will, will the levies come down? I said, well, I can't really say. Only an AGM can decide that levies will either stay the same, be reduced mm. um, or increase. And then I had another search come the week after and, and I normally have everything ready and I said, oh, here are the, the bylaws have just been consolidated. Um, here's the copy of the registered consolidated set of bylaws. And the searcher said to me, oh, I don't need the bylaws. so it's just i'm actually like i'm sort of looking at this whole thing amanda you and i've discussed people not having enough information about strata but Mm. people potentially paying over in this case these apartments are worth you know over a million dollars and i'm thinking first of all someone's buying an apartment over a million dollars in the lower north shore very prestigious area and it was a recently renovated apartment as well not doing their own strata search, mm-hmm. but relying on the vendor's strata search, which mm-hmm. is something I think I've ever come across. That person then contacting me after they couldn't even get out of the contract, which wasn't, you know, to me, and they were using a conveyance, which I always, I shouldn't say this, not like I get concerned um, when people try and save money. Again, it's all about the way I see it, it's trying to sort of, it's a penny-wise, pound-foolish sort of effort that mm. was being undertaken. So, yeah, yeah, it was just a challenge. I just thought, Amanda, I think a lot of agents, we always get, pushed into trying to give more information mm. um, about the scheme than what's actually in the – we can't really say what's beyond what's in the records, but even then, if you say something, people yep. can then verbal you. So I think it's really important to say nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that advice and it's advice that I've given managers before. If you have a potential purchaser contacting you, attempting to obtain some information about the building, then the appropriate answer is always you are welcome to book in and search the books and records. Of course, with the authority of the lot owner, you can engage a professional search for that purpose. But or I, their agent can give the consent also. Or their selling agent? Yes. Yep. And I assume the selling agent then has the authority of the owner to do that. Yes. Other than that, you are really putting yourself in a tricky position, giving out mm. any information. As you said, Rena, this lady's come back and verbaled you and said mm. because of the fact of the telephone conversation, she's then attributing to you certain advice which you haven't given or was a misrepresentation of what you did say, uh, always best to just say nothing and encourage them, see, them to yeah, have a Yeah, but in this case, Amanda, sorry, she said that, but I'm an owner now so you have to tell me. Oh, so this is – oh, how far – okay, so she's contacting you then after the event. Well, she's already exchanged but she hasn't settled. So she's not really an owner until she settles and but she's outside that cooling off period so she really can't pull out. Yeah, yeah. And she's – re- and, and she's relied on the search that was provided to her by the vendor. Now, I have seen that before, vendors who will pay mm. for their own report and then ask their agent to distribute that report to purchasers. I've been in the position when I've been a purchaser yeah. and I've been handed one of those reports and I've said, are you serious? You want me to rely on this? You're trying to sell me the property. Uh, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that this report may be a little bit biased and, and how am I to rely on this as being accurate? I am going to to conduct my own search. So that's yeah. a, a little bit of advice there for purchasers who might be faced with one of those reports. And, you know, good on the vendor for trying it. 
the whole process of purchasing a property is, of course, expensive in itself. So they're trying to save their potential buyers some money. But as a buyer, you need to be a little bit sceptical about that approach, I think. Well, I think, Amanda, when you're spending that sort of money, like if yeah, you're spending, yeah. um, like I think people sometimes spend like more money on things that aren't of significant value when they're doing their research. Mm. Yet when it comes to property, it's just, yeah. I was, I'm just totally baffled. But yeah, yeah but yeah. she rang me when it was too late. So I don't know what she wanted me to do. Yeah, well, it's interesting you raise this. Um, I, I'm thinking, I wonder if this was the same person, but I was contacted, I think it was over the Christmas break by somebody who said, I've purchased a strata property. I bought in, I now know that there is a significant special levy coming up. Was there any legal obligation on the vendor to disclose that in the contract? And I sent a quick email back and just said, look, I've I've got no information about exactly what this is, when you found out about it. Mm. But in my view, there is no legal obligation on the vendor to disclose those kinds of things. It is buyer beware and it is up to you to conduct a proper strata search, a thorough search of the books and records, and you'll see what work is upcoming and what Mm. levies are being raised for that purpose. So that's the general rule of thumb. But Mm. funny, I got that question. Yeah, only yeah. a few weeks but ago. The committee's not envisaging any special levy. They're just going to have one year's worth of you know higher levies for the capital fund to undertake those works. So, mm-hmm. but maybe that sometimes people's perception could be that it's deemed to be a special levy, even though it's not really. It's, I suppose it's special yeah. circumstances, really. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rena. That's going to be really valuable for our manager listeners as well as our incoming or, or new strata owners. So the challenge I want to talk about this week, um, not so much a specific challenge, but I wanted to remind all of our listeners about the need to ensure they have window safety devices installed by the deadline, which is getting very close now. The deadline to have these devices installed, many of you will know about it, is the 13th of March 2018. We are just a few weeks away from that at the time this episode goes to air. And there are quite technical requirements as to which windows in your building and if any windows in your building need these child safety devices installed, your strata manager absolutely will be on top of this and there's plenty of information around if you give it a quick Google or have a look at the Fair Trading website, what kind of uh, safety devices should be installed, where, which buildings it applies to, but do make sure that your building is compliant and is taking those steps now if they haven't already. I have had a couple of buildings I've been working with who haven't been aware of this requirement. So that makes yeah, me... Yeah, I actually had that. Someone told me that, Amanda, yesterday, the same thing that... Oh, she... Yeah, so one of my colleagues actually, one of my old chair people, and he said to me, Rena, in our building, you know, we haven't even been told about it. And I'm thinking, really? Yeah, scary. Mm. Yeah, because there are fines if you don't comply and no building wants to have to deal with that headache, not to mention the safety implications. Um, Mm. Many buildings I know did this as soon as the requirement came out, even though there was this period for compliance, they really attended to it straight away because they recognised the safety issue for children in apartment buildings and we want to make sure that children living in and visiting, uh, sometimes we forget about visitors, grandchildren and uh, family members to make sure that they're safe in these high-rises. Yep, definitely, Amanda. Okay, so uh, what's some good news for this week, Rena? Your win? Um, well, finally, as I had a bit of time over the break, I, we decided to actually complete our first newsletter, which is being launched in February. So it's going to be something quite different to your 
usual newsletters that strata managers distribute, which are usually like sort of, I shouldn't say template documents, but anyway. Um, <laughs> we I mean, all know, to, yes. <laughs> Some lawyers so too. It, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, I've noticed a few lawyers now changing their logos and jazzing things up a bit. Yeah. And anyway, and so I hope that's what I think I'm looking forward to just finishing it off and getting it out there in February. So Excellent. And are we uh will we see that as a monthly newsletter from Strata yes. Central? Yes. Uh, monthly moving forward. Excellent. And is there a way for our listeners to make sure they get on your mailing list so that they get that newsletter when it's hot off the press? Yes. So if you just um go to our website, stratacentral.com.au and just go to the link where you can sign up for the newsletter. So Excellent. then you get a copy. I am sure I am on that list. I think I was one yeah. of the first to jump on there, make sure I'm at yeah. the top of the list. I'm looking forward to it. I know how uh, creative your team is, Rena, and um, looking forward to seeing something different in the space. Thank you, Amanda. All right. Well, I want to quickly cover off a win that I had recently. And Rena, you know about this one because you provided some assistance at the mm. time. We've both been working with a lot owner who's been attempting to resolve some dysfunction, let's say, within their building. They've had some trouble with their existing strata manager. And Rena, you've been doing some consulting from the strata management mm-hmm. side and yep. I've been helping them with a tribunal application for the appointment of a compulsory managing agent. Now, what came up at the AGM for this building recently, I attended it as a proxy, there was a motion on the agenda for the reappointment of the incumbent strata managing agent. And it was a motion that wasn't requisitioned by a lot owner. It wasn't requested by the strata committee. It was a motion that was put on the agenda by the strata manager off their own bat. They just decided that, hey, my appointment is going to be expiring within the next few weeks. I need a new agreement in place. I'm going to put forward this motion, which sees my reappointment under a new agency agreement. And it just appeared on the agenda when it came out. Now, the lot owners uh, met with both of us, Rena, and sought mm-hmm. our advice on that. And you said that this is something that you see happen quite a lot. Um, yes. Strata managers putting forward their own motions for their own reappointment without any instructions from the committee or from a particular lot owner to actually put that motion on the agenda. And you and I both agreed that that was illegal and Mm. the chairperson could rule that motion out of order. And it was something that I had to put some thought into because I hadn't turned my mind to it before. What is it that entitles, if there is anything, that entitles a strata manager to put motions on an agenda? I think the only thing, Amanda, would be if they had full delegated authority, which Mm -hmm. we know in this particular case they had, there was partial delegated authority so it wasn't full they didn't have all the functions which you know if you were like if you had full power then you could do that actually and also they didn't give the three months notice before the expiry that that their agreement was expiring either yeah i don't know if it was it one of those on rollover it was an old agreement and under the new law it had oh, been yeah, to the next agm you're right yeah they i think pushed it was out, one sorry, of those they pushed out the agm you're right actually. yeah so i think they complied in that respect but you're absolutely right when we spoke about it we looked at their agency agreement we said they don't have authority under their agreement to put the no. motion on they don't have a requisition from a lot owners 
put the motion on and our clients were members of the strata committee. So we knew the strata committee had not instructed the manager to put yeah. that motion on. So I attended the meeting and uh, as you can imagine, quite controversially, the mm. chairperson ruled the motion out of order, much to the strata manager's surprise. And I did expect after that meeting that there might be some back and forth letter writing. Uh, perhaps the owners corporation or the strata manager would have gone off and got some advice uh, to the contrary of what I had given. But if they did, we didn't hear from them. So I suspect whatever advice they did get, the lawyers agreed with the view that we had taken, that the chairperson was entitled to rule that. But there was one other thing too, there there was no copy of the agency agreement um, annexed to the agenda either. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No one had actually seen that agreement. It was proposed that it be tabled at the meeting. Yeah, that's correct. And that's another thing that a lot of agents, they just table their agreements at the meeting. So I don't know how you can approve something that actually wasn't sent out with the agenda. How would people Mm. know um, what is actually being approved, especially owners that aren't at the meeting who don't get a chance to and perhaps have given someone their proxy or... Or perhaps they would have attended had they seen the agreement. So it's really hard to know. Yeah, exactly. So for all those reasons, we decided our advice was pretty sound, that the chairperson could take that step. It hasn't been challenged. Uh, unfortunately, the building is still without a strata manager. It's been some months since that AGM and our clients are pursuing their application to the tribunal for the appointment of a manager. So might keep you posted about that one, but I just thought I'd share that because it's a little bit unusual. And I had talked to some colleagues about it and uh, lawyer colleagues and they had sat back at the time and said, hmm, that's an interesting question. And we get stuck in these habits, I think, in this sector, particularly strata managers and lawyers too. You get boxed into this thinking of, oh, well, it's always been done that way. So we Mm. question whether you actually can do that. So strata managers, uh, and I must say, there are statutory motions that must be on an agenda that are required by the legislation. Well, yes, of course, your strata manager is going to put those on the agenda as they should. But when we're talking about motions that are not statutory, you haven't been instructed, a lot owner hasn't requisitioned that you don't have wide-ranging delegated authority, you really shouldn't be whacking your own motions on the agenda. Very, very dangerous. Yeah, and I think in this case too, they included a motion about um, minor renovation bylaws as well, which hadn't been, the committee oh, yes. hasn't seen either. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty of managers out there who are doing that, um, mm. thinking thinking that they're Helping. doing a, yeah, they're doing a favour, saying these this will be great for you. But you, if you then get questioned at the meeting, or well, who asked you to prepare this? Have lawyers been paid to prepare this? We didn't ask you to do that. What mm. does this bylaw? mean or if the bylaw does get passed and it's for some reason not effective, you really don't want to be putting yourself out there to that extent if you don't have to. Yeah, exactly right, Amanda. I mean, as agents, I think we need to be cautious, really, and and um, and the best thing is always just to write to the committee and ask them if, you know, here's a suggestion, here's something that you should think about, and then um, take their advice and instruction rather than putting it on your own self to put motions on. Yep. Absolutely. Good advice. Yeah. All right. Well, Rena, I think this is episode 98 and the next time I speak to you will be episode 100. Wow. And we have something special Can't planned. <laughs> Tune in. All right. I'll catch you next time, Rena. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?